Alright, it's episode 6 Without the Ewoks When they redid Jabba I don't like how he walks That was dumb And yeah, I think we all agree Like it's October now Almost Halloween My style's not mean But call the ghosts and goblins No candy, no costumes Those are problems Like Pythagoras' theorem I've gotten used to getting squared Like hypotenuse Juice is loose On the new Sons of Anarchy I can be simultaneously fun and snarky And Nug loves Red Tornado I eat sandwiches with bread or mayo Yes, you may go But I hope you'll stay so You can agree that this is a great show Hey, bro, the speakers are tweaking I think it's because they know it's the weekend At Bergie's And I'm Bergie <laughs> have, a week- have a weekend on me, fellas and ladies Wow, Kansas City, what was that? <laughs> that was the strangest way I've ever said whoa in my life. The Kansas City Royals, though, they're going to the World Series. You you heard it here first on episode four. KC has done it. They beat the Baltimore Orioles unprecedented. I, who, who saw that coming? Baltimore Orioles? More like balls and more glory holes. Am I right? Yes, I am. <laughs> That's one out of the book of Chip Shabucto for all you smells like the 80s people who remember that. Shout out Cam and Curtis, Trev, the group, my old sketch group, smells like the 80s. Hey, K-Trev has a new album out, new stand-up comedy album from my buddy K-Trevor Wilson. Go check it out. Sex Cop Fire Penis is the name of it. It's, uh... I don't know if it's suitable for work. (laughs) Very, very, very funny. He's a funny guy. Trev, we got to have you on here. He did the album relief, relief, album relief, the album release at Just for Laughs. And I was, I was at Just for Laughs. Only for laughs. Only reason I go. They go, come on, that's an old one. Just for laughs. Guys, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I did only go there because the Diagram Festival, it was sold out every year just for graphs. (laughs) Sells out. It's all, I don't know, it's variable content. It's a lot of chart jokes and, oh, it's, uh, it's it's up and down. The quality is just, (laughs) just for graphs. What? (laughs) <laughs> no, I did go to Just for Laughs this year. I do have a lot of fun. I got to see David Tell. He had a great show. I went to the Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham? Lena Dunham? Lena? Lena Dunham. Went to the Lena Dunham show, hosted by Gian Gomeshi. Interesting choice. Interesting choice. He he was in Moxie Fruvis, which is a hilarious Canadian band that no one remembers. Uh, it was okay. I wish I'd seen Paul F. Tompkins. Sad I missed him. Uh, I liked the Just for Laugh gags. I didn't see anything, any gags happening. No, uh, cops arresting animals or blaming farts on grandmas. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's, it's not just me, right? Just for Laugh's gags. There's a lot of police impersonation going on on that show. I, last I checked, I thought that was illegal. They're getting away with it. Oh, I'm just going to the bathroom. You're under arrest. What? Just for laughs. Ah. (laughs) I would be lying if I said I didn't sit at home sometimes and it came on the television and I left it there because it makes me laugh. Because it's just for laughs. Just for... It's not like that zoo I went to. 
and they wouldn't let me in because I wasn't a tall animal. They said, no, it's just for giraffes. <laughs> oh, just for laughs, gags. What is this you're wondering? This is Weekend at Bergie's. This is the podcast where I host it and friends come by sometimes and we hang out and chat. So today I'm very excited. We've got Nug Nargang, who is just an unbridled bundle of enthusiastic excitement. You could try and bridle this guy. He cannot be bridled. No bridling of Nug. He's on WWE Aftermath, which you may know. He's also a third of the Super Hilarious Illusionoid podcast with Lee Smart and Paul Bates. Definitely you want to check out Illusionoid. And Nug and I have a great chat. We get into wrestling. He schools me on Red Tornado. We talk a little bit about some comedy, a little bit about improv. He's a big, big guy in the improv community, in the comedy scene, Second City, Bad Dog, that whole kit and caboodle. We'll be getting to that in just a few minutes, so hang on tight for Nug. You cannot bridle this man. (laughs) That almost sounded like Bane. You cannot bridle him with the mask that I wear. That didn't sound like Bane. Apologies, apologies. Hey, in the opposite of apologies, thankings. Thanking uh, all of you. I'm going to give you some. It was Canadian Thanksgiving, my fellow Canadians. I hope you had a lovely Canadian Thanksgiving. People who weren't in Canada, I hope your weekend was really good and you wondered, why is this so great? And then you checked a calendar that had Canadian translating notes on it. (laughs) What? And you found out it was Canadian Thanksgiving, and that's why you were having a great weekend. I just want you all to have great weekends. I didn't put out a new episode last weekend. I went to the market. I went to the Evergreen Brickworks Market. Great market. Delicious. Delicious crepes at this market. You've been there. You know You know the crepe guy? Let me tell you. You want some crepes in your belly. All you have to do is bring a crepe-craving appetite And that guy will put a crepe in you. Delicious crepes. If you talk to him about the Habs, big hockey fan, big hockey guy, he'll tell you uh, that he loves them a lot and his his opinion on their their entire organization. But he might throw in some extra caramelized onions. Just a tip. Just a tip. Crepe guy at Evergreen Brickworks Market. I love the Halifax Market. Pier 21. Great market. I love markets. Markets are good. You get your fresh celeriac... Perhaps some weird mushrooms. It's the weekend, guys. I'm chilling. I got my coffee here. This is just wonderful. Shout out to Beat Mason. Throwing on some beats in the background. Big shout out to Ghetto Socks. If you didn't hear last episode, go get it. Go check it out. Socks and I had a great chat. Rap news. What kind of rap news do I have for you? November 14th, I'm playing two shows. The Rom. Royal Ontario Museum and at Rancho Relaxo. Two venues in one night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Swamp Thing, new Swamp Thing records coming out November 14th. So you want to get to Rancho Relaxo for that. I'm on three of those tracks on that album. Unless they cut me. I hope they won't. I <laughs> uh, just had a lot of fun recording with Timbuktu and Choke and Sav and the fellas. Backburner Crew album, new Backburner Crew album is in the works. The wheels are in motion. We are looking at early 2015 release for that. For anyone waiting to hear news about that. 
And then finally in the news, it's my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. I love you. I'm sorry I'm not here with you right now, but hopefully you're listening to this and you get this on your birthday. So I love you. Happy birthday. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me in October, sharing this great month with me and other people. Being from October is great. You know, I love it. Still don't have my Halloween costume, though, guys. I still don't know what I'm going to do. I Maybe an update. We'll find out next episode if I pulled it together or not. Speaking of next episode, we will be doing more mailbags, so keep those emails coming. You can hit us up at weekendatburgies at gmail.com. That's all one word. Spell it out with the A-T in the middle. I will be happy to answer your questions as best I can. Shoot, shoot, you got a question about comics? You got a question about music? I'll see what I can do. Comic book news, Death of Wolverine 4, just read it. I know how Wolverine dies. Interesting. Interesting. Steve McNiven, super talented artist, drew it. You you have to check it out. For the art alone, you need to check this comic out. Charles Sewell, who writes, or Soul, I'm not sure how he pronounces it. I've never met him. Sewell or Soul? S-O-U-L-E. Would you say Sewell or Soul? Or Soul-y? Whatever his pronunciation choice is. Good comic writer. Good comic writer. Letter 44, I really enjoy that he writes. And Birthright number one, if you can find it at a comic book store, one of the best new first issues I've read in a while. I read a lot of first issues every month. Really dug Birthright from Image Comics. Uh, Do I want to spoil it for you? Ah, Check it out, and then I'll talk about it next time so you got some time to, to check it out. Fresh, because you know I love to talk about comic books. I want to talk about them with you with each other on the weekend and so we can understand it should we do like a comic reading club ideas for the future thank you all for for joining me coming back to this show six episodes deep big shout out to casey lyons for helping with the recording big shout out to the modern superior family of podcasts and without any more ado let's just get into our special guest shall we i'm very excited you are very excited nug nargang Classic uh, Second City, where they're like, "What if I go in and uh, Starbucks is expensive, and I don't have any money? Flip it. You have all the money in the world." Like, and they always go, <laughs> "Just flip it. Just flip it around." <laughs> oh no! Nug is in the place today. Thanks for joining us on the weekend. Oh man, I, I love it. This is gorgeous. Nug Nargang. Yeah, thank you. This, you know, we just like to hang out and have a good time. Yeah. You've been crazy busy. I've been listening. I was just listening to the latest episode of Illusionoid. Oh, yeah. With the King of the Beatniks. King of the Beatniks. That's an old Flash comic title. Oh. Yeah. We have the showcase, the big phone book uh, showcase of the Flash, number one. And uh, we ran to sometimes if we're stuck for a title, we'll go to one of those old showcase books and flip through it, stop, find the title of that particular issue of Flash. Because back in the day, it wasn't like 15 issue arcs. It was just like one-offs. And that one was called King of the Beatniks. And we laughed so hard at it that we did it. What a great technique to get yeah, we, things rolling. We, we also use, uh, I have uh, the Elongated Man one, 
and uh, uh, Captain Carrot. In fact, we just recorded a Salamandroid one, and uh, which was one of the Captain Carrot issues. And then Challengers of the Unknown. We have a lot of titles from that that we oh, use. Oh, yeah. well, that's perfect. Yeah. And so for the people listening who don't know Illusionoid, what, right. I- explain, what, uh, what exactly? Well, is it? it's completely improvised, and uh, we get a title from our fans or like from a random comic, or we make one up on the spot. And then uh, we improvise a story for about 20, 25 minutes, and uh, it's kind of like Twilight Zone-y, but it's, then we edit it uh, and with sound effects, and we make it sound like an old-timey radio show from the 1950s. And the cast is, is yourself. Myself, uh, Paul Bates, and Lee Smart. We're all Second City improvisers. Uh, Paul does a lot of writing on TV shows and was on Dan for Mayor. And Lee had his own show on the – when the Comedy Network first came out, Lee had his own show called The Fifth Quadrant, which was kind of like a files expose on weird happenings. But they was all like just blown out of proportion real stuff. It was really funny. Yeah, and the three of you guys work so well together. Well, I mean, we're complete nerds. Yeah, but you're amazing improvisers too. I mean, the fact that the show, I remember when you first started doing it. Yeah, it's like four years ago. Yeah, four, that's crazy. And the fact that you fully improvise the show and it's so tight and you're just, like I'm always chuckling like a goof to myself. Well, we're chuckling while we do it too. It's ridiculous how much fun we have. Oh, what was it? uh, Word jazz? It was all all word jazz. All that word jazz. You can actually (laughs) Google word jazz. There's this guy, he was born in the 20s, but when the 1960s hit, he got in, like he was an old dude, but he got into the hippie stuff. He got into LSD and the whole hippie life. And he started recording this, what he called word jazz. And so- there's these tracks with like this real spacey music, kind of like on our podcast, these real spacey music. And then you can, he's talking to himself. So he's tripping out and it's weird echoey sounds. And then he's like, yeah, man, I was uh, talking to a waitress the other day. I tried to read her mind. Like it's, and it's just, and then in the back, it's like him answering, oh yeah, what happened? So it's just so crazy. And we, 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 Lee had brought that up. And then when we hit King of the Beatniks as a title, we were like, oh, we're doing this. We're, all, we're doing this for sure. Word jazz. Word jazz, yeah. man. Everyone needs to go check out that episode. Oh, yeah. And check out Word Jazz, too. It's the funniest thing you'll ever hear. It's, yeah. a, it's a real thing. Amazing. So four years. So how did it start? Where did the idea come from? We, uh, we had always talked about it. Like we, when we improvised, we had done the Bad Dog Theater's Globehead tournament as a team. And we found every scene we did kind of went Twilight zone It kind of went bad news. Everything, like Twilight Zone, uh, Chris Hardwick does a great joke where every episode of the Twilight Zone could just be called Nice Try, Asshole. Like, <laughs> it, it really could just like, oh, I wanted to read books. Now I'm blind. Oh, nice try. And uh, so we found every scene we did just kind of went horribly wrong no matter what we did and and had a poignant end kind of like every Twilight Zone. So we should do this. We should record this. We should record these improv episodes. We could put sound effects and music in. And I've been talking about it. And then I went away on the cruise ships for uh, nine months working for Second City. But on that cruise, I lucked into 50-some gigabytes of old-timey sound effects. So I knew that when I got back, we're doing this. And so then we started recording and started editing and we started doing it. And you just, and that's the best way to do it. You just do it and you make it happen. I say for, you know, all the young people out there that are, you know, in the comedy scene right now and some of the people I've worked with for years, like, how do you book a show? Like you've got this show at Comedy Bar. How do you, how do you do this? Like, how do you get a show together? I go book it. And then you're in panic mode because you have to have something to do by that date. So how many... Mm -hmm. You break it down into seasons. You got yeah. Take we go a twenty. Break? Tried to go twenty six episodes, and sometimes we'll do a two parter, so it might push it twenty seven or whatever. But uh, technically, uh, but yeah, four years. We've got a 
three full years at 26 plus a couple of bonuses and about four of the new season. This is the third episode of the new season, so we've got like 70 some episodes up there. Nice. And you do some of the shows you'll do live. Well, yeah, we'll do live. Uh, it's a little different live. We have a musician and he's got a my iPad loaded with sound effects. Like, we'll know what genre we're going to do going in. Oh, it'll be film noir, and we'll make it future noir, and maybe haunted house. And so I'll load up the iPad with all those sound effects, and then he's got his keyboard and his computer full of sound effects, just in case we are missing any. And then we'll just set up three microphones and run it all to the board, and I'll plug in, like, a Zoom recorder into the board and go. And we've done live shows with uh, Colin Mockery and, most recently, Will Sasso. Yeah. yeah. We had uh, Billy West on from Futurama, which was crazy fun. Yeah, Sean Cullen and Scott Thompson. We've been real lucky. And it's fun being uh, Canadian uh, celebrities like Mockery and Cullen. Is You can just call them, and if they're around, they'll come and do it. Yeah, and with improv... I think improv is maybe the least recognizable to the layperson. Yeah. If you're going out to a show, oh, I, you know, I get, oh, I'm going out to see a band play. I'm going to see some stand-up comedy, maybe even sketch comedy. Yeah. Improv, how would you describe improv to someone who's listening? Like People listening right now, and I was even talking to my buddy, oh, I'm going to be hanging out with Nug later. He does a lot of improv. Oh, what do you mean by improv? What is? Well, it's it's what you'd see on Who's Line. For the layperson, it's the it's the what you'd see on Who's Line is it anyway. If Saturday Night Live is your benchmark for sketch, and everybody knows what stand-up comedy is, Who's Line's your benchmark for improv. We're just going to make stuff up. We might talk to you to get a suggestion to get us started, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to make fun of you or drag you up on stage. There are other moments to do that but usually to get started we could do a whole hour just asking you for a word and we could go for an hour yeah and as professional improvisers you you're gonna see a tight show you get good scenes and yeah everything you guys know how to play off each other well i'm gonna put this in uh, some of uh, bergie's favorite terms right. here because <laughs> i was just talking about this the other day i was likening this to baseball i was liking improv to baseball all right I, the greatest hitter of all time uh, Ted Williams? Yeah. Uh, hit one season, he hit over 400. Yeah. Okay, so for the layperson who doesn't know anything about baseball, let's just pure math. That guy is the greatest hitter of all time. And in one season, he hit the ball four out of 10 times he got to the plate. 40% of the time he hit the ball. So in improv, you're going to get a good scene four out of 10 times. You're going to get an amazing scene maybe 20% of the time. And the greatest thing you've ever seen? Maybe 10% of the time. Right, right. And there's a big difference from going to see like a student show or, I mean, it's certainly we're always seeing, I we know a lot of people involved in the scene and I'm always well, going, like oh yeah. it's like you go into an amateur rap show. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. And then, but good improv is so amazing. Yeah, good just, improv is so amazing. And if you get good improvisers in a show, you're, your odds are better that you're going to have a good show. Like Illusionoid. Well, thank you. Illusionoid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I try Is that so Lee hard who to, says it's that? It's Lee who does that. <laughs> and it's Paul. We have, uh, like, our creep show or uh, Tales from the Crypt. Our yeah. Crypt Keeper is an old man from the future who's beaming the episodes backwards in times to warn us. Yeah. It's just our, you know, our conceit for the show but that's Bates and then I do the credits and we all do the show yeah the intro it's like a weird glottal stop to his voice I don't know how he is illusion illusionoid yeah it's pretty great <laughs> and he's and Lee's voice is me. unreal so like at Bates like we all do characters yeah. and stuff but Lee's got that perfect announcer thing so yeah it's great now so you did a lot of Second City yeah I yeah, worked for them for a long time and I remember you did uh, well Evil Dead the musical yes, which evil, was yeah, for super two, fun yeah 2004 it just for laughs and then here in 2008 and 2009 in that Toronto. was such a phenomenon i remember that summer too when it was was the diesel playhouse yep. and it people were coming from the states everybody wanted to come see this 
Evil and you were you were amazing in it and the blood. What was it? People would get splattered with yeah, the blood front in the couple front rows. Scene. There's actually a tour happening right now uh, with a whole new young cast uh, going all across uh, America right now. And uh, yeah, the front row is the splatter zone. And uh, it's funny that there are theaters that will allow this to happen. Uh, but yeah, they just just soaked the front couple rows with blood. I remember the first run of it at the Diesel. We did everything we could to get that blood out on the stage. And then the second run, they hooked up basically what we called the blood curtain. And it just was this hose that just drenched the first cup. So he, at the very end, Ash would shoot his gun in the air and then just blood would fall from the ceiling. And people would go bananas. We had people in the front row who were wearing a Value Village wedding clothes, all white. <laughs> white tux, white wedding dress, secondhand. That's what they came for. And they just got drenched. Did Bruce Campbell or anybody ever come Bruce to see it? Bruce Campbell came to see it uh, in 2007. He had seen it in New York when it was on Broadway for a bit. And then he came to see it here and uh, he was just blown away. Like, he loves the show. Yeah. You know, it's him. He loves it. Uh, so he then he did a Q&A and we had like uh, red solo cups full of blood. And if anybody asked a stupid question, he would hurl a cup of blood at them. And Splatters on be damned. That guy chucked blood 10 rows back just full solo cups and uh my friend Lindsay, who was covered in tattoos she stood up to ask a question and she's like a amazonian tattooed babe and she stood up and said i've got a sharpie would you sign my leg and he did and then she went and got that tattooed on her cool that's hardcore that's pretty hardcore yeah so did it originate in Toronto? Yeah, the original one was in Toronto in uh, 2003 at the Transact Club. And then uh, and that was during the blackout when all of half of North America right. got blacked out. Yeah. And that night, all they moved the show outside and all these cars pulled up and turned their headlights on so they could still do the show. So that's like a legendary show. Yeah. And then in 2004, it got a little revamp and went to Just for Laughs in Montreal. That's when I got on board. And then it went to Broadway and they went all American actors other than the lead guy. And then it came back here, 2007, 2008, and then uh, was back here for a little bit last year, and now there's a whole new tour, and it's all over the place. Yeah. I just saw uh, the Book of Mormon. Oh, yeah. I hadn't seen that. Have you seen that? Sure. I, 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 it's, I love it. It's hilarious. And, uh, and now I'm doing, in February, I'm doing Cannibal, the Trey Parker's, the first movie that he ever did on his spring break from the last year of film school. He did this little movie called Cannibal the Musical. And it's kind of like, it's just Oklahoma, you know, traveling across the wilderness. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it is about the very first trial for cannibalism ever in the United States. It's kind of Colorado legend. And then they sold that movie to Troma, so they tacked on a gory beginning but it's like seven songs and it's sort of a musical but Chris Bond who was part of Evil Dead and Trevor Martin who was part of Evil Dead and Night yeah, of the I Living Dead Trevor. Live yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, they got a hold of Aaron Eyre who is our music director from Evil Dead and the three of them added five more songs to the show and they flushed it out to a full show and Trey said yes and so we're doing it at the Panasonic in February so the casting they had auditions there's still more auditions to happen but they said you're the guy well oh, like, i mean you don't need oh, to yeah like they They're asked like, do you even... want to do this i'm like yeah <laughs> a paying gig in february 100 that's great yeah it's panasonic's fun. a good theater panasonic's a great theater i just saw a couple of shows i just saw a show called the boy with the tape on his face and it's hilarious yeah yeah uh, it's funny i hadn't seen book of mormon was the first theater it was the first theater i've been oh, to. i mean you know i'm out every night at gigs or wherever oh yeah we're all like shows. It's all, yeah improv is oh, yeah. in the back of a yeah. bar or you know and rap shows are in clubs yeah. here and there but when do we ever get to a legit theater yeah because i used to work at the princess of wales too years ago when lion king was on right on and actually the summer of sars i was working there and things that- right 
Is that what it's called? The Summer the of Summer Sars? Summer of Sars. <laughs> well, I remember because the Mervishes were freaking out. Oh, yeah, because, no one was going to come. Yeah, well, the uh, the U.S. had put out a warnings. Don't, yeah, go, don't to go to Toronto because, you know, you'll get Sars, the Sars. How do so we not have that buses? warning now with Rob Ford? How do we not have that yeah. warning? Well, now they get the, and the Ford, the musical. Yeah. Is it, that yeah. any? I haven't seen that show. I haven't seen that. I wouldn't. I don't. I try not to give them any attention. Yeah. Well, I'm curious if they're pushing because the Mervishes sort of have a history. I'm surprised the Mervishes didn't pick up Evil Dead. Well, they look. Well, they looked at. They came a lot to uh, Night of the Living Dead Live last year. We did the all black and white production when Romero was there a few nights. And they came to the Mervish people came to see it a ton. That's amazing. So that was an original production. It was original production here in Toronto. And we did the whole thing in black and white. So we were like our costumes the set and our makeup was all black and like grayscale so it looked like the movie and then at the end of the show when we would bow sometimes our director would pop up on stage and he's in full color and it was like a weird photoshop like a live kind of photoshop and we have full color photos of the cast but we're all black and white so it looks like a black and white shop you could see like makeup rubbed off around somebody's ear and there's like a weird flesh tone back here but it is it's really cool that we did that whole show in black and white is that the same company that's doing Cannibal now? Uh, Cannibal is uh, with a company called Starvox, who are actually behind the Evil Dead tour, and Potted Potter, bringing Potted Potter back to town. Oh, so okay. Potted Potter was a great show, too. Yeah, what's that, Harry Potter? Yeah, it's all Harry Potter stuff. When we were at the Fan Expo uh, the this fan year. Expo. The, like fan the Fan Expo. I like the Fan Expo. Uh, when we were there at Nerdtown, uh, we, had, uh, <laughs> we had a table that was selling tickets for all three things, and the Potted Potter exhibit was a live owl, so people could come in and get their picture taken with an owl. A real owl. Like, people were looking at it like, is that real? And then it would suddenly turn its head and people would flip. What's his owl name? Hemingway or something? No, or? <laughs> no it was like it was like real benign. Like, it's I've Lucy. Like, it was just like a normal name. Who, Harry Potter's owl? No, no, the owl we oh, had. The owl. Yeah, oh, I don't know what, yeah, Hemingway. I feel like Percival. it's something like Percival, yeah. <laughs> Hemingway the owl. I'm going to, yeah. yeah. Well, got I've seen all the movies. It'll come to have me. to see the Google machine. Rotting, Rodiger, Rodiger, Rodinger. <laughs> Rodinger. Fan Expo. You like the Fan Expo. The last two years have been, I think they're they're over capacity. It's just oh, too much. there's no question. I was only there for one day this year, and it was all I could handle. And oh. we, I've had a booth the last few years, which has been great. But just trying to go, okay, I'm going to go get a coffee now, or I want to go walk around and see if I can hunt down some back issues or see some cool stuff. And I got to meet Snake Eyes this year, which- Love it. <laughs> the, the I got to meet Jimmy Hart this year. Oh, yeah. I saw him. Mouth Hulk of the Hogan, Hulk Hogan. You'll appreciate this. He was taking a leak right next to me. This, that, this is like the stereotypical, you know, rumored- fan experience you can have. I was in the bathroom and Hulk Hogan was there. Yeah. He was taking a leak right next to me and I didn't say anything. I just, of course oh not. Oh my God, you can't you say a thing to talk to Hulk. a guy while he's having a pee. No. You don't so do then, uh, and his handler was just kind of standing and like watching, making sure. I was like, this is crazy. But yeah. He was, uh, you know, he's quite the presence. He's a big dude. <laughs> you really, uh, I, work in, I work in Sportsnet and I talk about wrestling and I've met a few of them over the right. couple of years I've been working there. And, I, and you know, I texted Bret Hart the other day to say hi. And, you know, like I've met a bunch of them well, over yeah, the here, years. Well, yeah, here, tell me, what's that? Tell me, tell, what's that about the, the wrestling Oh, yeah so, yeah. I, yeah, so I talk on Sportsnet on a show called Aftermath and my r insane wrestling knowledge and love of that silly thing is paying off that I get to talk about it on TV. And now I get to meet a few of the guys and... And I'm friends with a few of them. And uh, getting you really only ever see them in relation to each other. So, and they all sort of have the same build. And so one guy might be a little more cut than the other guy. And you go, oh, he's in better shape or whatever. But then you meet the They're monsters. They're huge dudes. Who would be your favorite wrestler? Right now? Or, I or mean, of all yeah, time? Yeah, right now and of all time. Uh, right now, there's a couple of guys I love just yeah. because of how hard they work. 
and uh, one guy, his his wrestling name is Dolph Ziggler, and he's like. He does stand-up when he's got nights off, and he's done a stand-up night here in town. He's really funny and, and a great guy and really funny to watch. It Like, fun to watch in the ring. Like, the ref will go two, and the, you know, one, two, and the guy will kick out, and he'll be the guy, exasperated, I can't believe I didn't pin him, and he'll look at the ref and go, was it three? And the ref will go, no, it was two, and he'll go, was it five? Like, and it's just between him and the ref trying to make the ref laugh, and I, that makes me laugh. And it's such theater, and oh yeah, to me as a kid, that's what I loved about it. And I feel I I don't follow wrestling as much now. Yeah, but I mean, I was a big fan of, of the guys when they had the theme. You know, the genius was smart, and oh, then yeah. he'd like give you like the SAT was his yeah, move. All the, like, yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> Erwin R. Scheister. We're the, talking about the old guys. Yeah. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow was always my favorite guy. The shaved head, fireball tattoo. Yeah, just a big set of black pajamas with fire all over him, and he'd do. He's a three hundred pound dude who do like backwards flips off the top rope and dive through the ropes. He was monstrous. The big boss man, and uh, when one man well, so, gang yeah. became Akeem the African Dream, like that was the stuff I loved. Yeah, but well, big boss man. There's another guy. He's okay. This guy's a cop. What was his? Like, I liked. I got into their stories. Oh like, yeah, I was he really was Cobb into- County, Georgia. <laughs> he was from Cobb County, Georgia. He was a former prison guard. Cobb County. Cobb County. Oh, Cobb a real County. place. Cobb County, Georgia. Cobb County. And he was a former prison guard. And then later on, when he became a good guy. Big Boss Man became a good guy. Then all of a sudden, one of his former prisoners came out, and he was I remember terrible. Nails, Nails yeah. was terrible. He was mad that he put You're him mad. Away. You put me in jail, <laughs> and now I'm out of jail, but I'm still going to wear my prison Big uniform. Boss man, and we have yeah. an instant feud. Well, er, well, like what happened to Irwin R. Scheister, the well, IRS, IRS, was- Mike Rotundo. He is. Uh, he was part of the U.S. Express with Barry Windham back in the day, and then he got repackaged as IRS, and uh, he did some other stuff in WCW for a bit. But he's got two kids that are wrestling now. A lot of the kids, a lot of the sons and daughters of wrestlers are in the current WWE system. So he's okay. got two. So he's got some dependables. Oh boy, he uh, those Get kids are making. I think those kids are making more money than he ever did because <laughs> he's got two kids that have solid gimmicks on them now. One's called Bo Dallas, and he's like a the inspirational like you just want to punch him in the mouth. All you got to do is Bo leave. He's a riot, and then he's got his other son whose gimmick is uh, he's like a weird swamp. Uh, kind of cult leader named Bray Wyatt. It's the creepiest thing you've ever seen in the last in the last ten years of wrestling. There's never been anything as creepy and scary as this new Bray Wyatt character. Because well, I remember being terrified of Undertaker and, uh, Undertaker pa- and Paul Bearer. Paul which Bearer. I didn't know a Paul Bearer was the guy who actually is yeah. at the funeral well, until later. I was like, oh, you mean like Paul Bearer? Like yeah. you know Paul C. Bearer? Yeah. The, uh, well, Paul Undertaker. Paul manager? Bearer. That guy. Uh, he in there was a point in his life where he really did work at a funeral home. And then he became a manager in another league, and his name was Percy Pringle, and he managed, like, Rick Rude and a bunch of other guys. But then when they – we knew a guy, you know, WWE was like, we need a guy to manage The Undertaker. Hey, do you want to come in and play his manager? And he's like, oh, yeah, I used to work at a funeral home. This will be fun, and it's legend now. So will a, will a guy – like, let's say with him being the Paul, you know, having experience in a yeah. funeral – in, 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 at a funeral. At a funeral. In, 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 with funeral. We all at some point will have some will funeral experience. something? Like, will that work if, if you go to, if, hey, okay, I want to be a wrestler, and you create your own character? It's better. So- it's always best to play a version of you with the volume turned up a little bit. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin, that's him. He's really like that. 
but it's just the little exact, it's like the 11. It's cranked up to 11 version of him. The Rock is like that, but that's him cranked up to 11. Okay, but what I really want to know, we keep coming back to it, was IR, was Erwin R. Scheister an accountant? No, he was not. <laughs> no. No, he was a graduate from Syracuse yeah. University, and there was a point where there was a really weird little group called the Varsity Club that all wore their old school stuff in the ring. Okay. And yeah. he was part of that too, but no, yeah. he was no, not see, an accountant. I'm going for, I want that, I want to believe that this guy, these child, like Razor Ramon, was that guy did he really like Scott Hall? Picks? Scott Hall was in no way, shape, or form <laughs> Cuban or from Miami. Do you watch? If you want a real laugh, before he became Scott Hall of like the NWO and Scott Hall of you know being Razor Ramon, Scott Hall was like a Magnum PI lookalike, giant dude, big hairy chest, monster afro, curly hair in another league. Yeah, the day I found out Razor Ramon's real name was Scott. Hall. Wouldn't you change your name to Razor Ramon? A part of me, a part of me, you know, just stopped to believe in well, anything. Well, you know, Shawn Michaels <laughs> is not Shawn Michaels. Now that just sounds silly. Well, Shawn Michaels, his real name is Michael Hickenbottom. So wouldn't you change your name to Shawn Michaels? If you looked like Brett Michaels from Poison? That's, see, I never even made that connection there. <laughs> But like the Legion of Doom, like when the, the in the 80s wrestling, they oh, were Legion all of the Doom. crazy animal. Like, were they actual road warriors who were living in a post-apocalyptic war zone? You want to think so, <laughs> but no. In fact, the, the road warriors actually this this is going to blow your mind. They were some of the original investors in Zubaz. What was Zubaz? The is Zubaz? leopard print pants? I the workout pants from the 80s? Never owned a pair. Oh, I have a pair. I have two pairs now. <laughs> You can still get them. I ordered. I ordered a pair for the Green Bay Packers. And so I it's like just a, a black spandex. Of, no, it's just like a big pair of pajama pants. Oh, like hammer pants. Yeah, kind of like hammer. It's like track pants with no elastic on the bottom, and they're just comfortable. But they're the ugliest things you've ever seen. See, I love that I can mention a wrestler, and you're like, oh, they invested in hammer pants. Yeah, you they know? did. They were yeah. one. They got in on the ground floor. They got in the ground floor <laughs> in a Zubaz, man. They did. It was great. Oh, uh, that's. Uh, what about the Bushwhackers? What those guys get in on the ground floor? Oh. Inbreeding? Well, it's funny. Before they were the bushwhackers, they were they were they're always they're from Australia, so they were called the, or New Zealand. They were called the sheep herders, and they were known for wrestling like barbed wire matches and carving uh. guys up. And then they became cartoons in the WWE, and it's kind of like their retirement run was the WWE. Like we'll just be cartoon characters, and that's really like for the longest time the car WWE was all cartoon characters, and it was in the '90s when uh, the attitude changed, and they called it the Attitude Era. Yeah, the '90s did away with the craziness yeah. of the 80s. Like, I remember the 80s, people were... Oh, there was a wrestling garbage man. There was a wrestling yeah. plumber. There, there was the goon. <laughs> you know, the goon, the hockey player. He was yeah, in for a cup the wrestling, of coffee. Uh, you got a thing, what do you do? All yeah. right. Yeah, you move furniture. All right, you're yeah, the you're mover. The mover. <laughs> <Yeah>. See? <laughs> now, that kind of wrestling I can get on board oh, with. Oh, yeah, character I'd stuff. I'd be there, yeah. Oh, the character stuff is so, great. And, and, and then for a while in the 90s, everybody was a, a badass... Uh, walk the line, but he was the. They were all punishers. They yeah, were they're all, all punishers. They were. Are they good guys or bad guys? And they all wore black tights, and they were all cool. It was like Dark Knight Returns that influenced yeah. everybody. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was all just Batman and Punishers. Yeah, just Hulk all bad Hogan, attitude. NWO. And they're trying really hard now. The fa there's a couple, a bunch of older fans. Like the crowd is mixed right now, but the kids gravitate towards your John Cena, your good guy. Right. But you need you need people that are good and bad. So there needs to be a clean line between good and bad. So you know who to cheer for and who to boo. Yeah, I want a steroid-infused, you know, wacky oddball who claims he's talks to aliens or yeah, something. Yeah, I, I want an ultimate warrior. Yeah, give me, yeah, or uh, 
gold dust. What, what he's, he... Gold dust is still around. Okay. And gold dust has he have a... weird powers. Was no, he was just a creep. He was just oh. like, a, he looked like an Oscar statue and he was all uh, androgynous and stuff. But gold dust is back and we all love gold dust. But recently his little brother, Cody, Cody Rhodes, Cody just became Stardust, and they're now the tag team champions. And Stardust may be are they bizarre. the Dust Brothers? We call them the Dust Brothers, like the popular yeah production. We do team? call them the Dust Brothers on this on the show. Oh wow, okay, we'll see. Yeah, I'm waiting for somebody to to come up with a really good gimmick to really bring me back in. I'm waiting. Like, yeah, <laughs> but they have a show called NXT where they are doing kind of gimmicks on guys to try it out. They've got two guys. If you want to be very entertained. Listeners, Google this tag team called the Vaude Villains because they are doing like a black and white entrance with player piano music. And like one of them dresses like a 30 strong man and has a curly mustache and their whole entrance is black and white. And it is massively popular and they're supposed to be bad guys. So they're trying to like they already changed their music to sound a little slightly more sinister but it's not worth They're just hilarious. They've got a guy named Tyler Breeze. He's from Vancouver, but they've got a guy named Tyler Breeze who's doing a whole Zoolander gimmick. And he's coming down, looking into his phone, doing a selfie, but that's his entrance video. It's hooked up live to his phone on the video, on the big screen, and it's just his face, and he's just doing blue steel. Does he put guys in a headlock and then take a selfie? He does. He leans back on them and poses with his phone to pin them. Is it Pinterest? Is that? No. It's everywhere. It, no, it's I've... so, his, his instant, his Instagram is gorgeous. He's a riot. Someone is teaching him how to do social media correctly because it's absolutely awesome. But does he do an Insta slam? No, he should though. This is what I'm saying. But all, it's this, funny because all of his, of, need, you gotta have they're the really, package. He's really doing like all of his selfies are all the same blue steel look. Like they're yeah. identical. One of the best wrestlers in their farm league is Ric Flair's daughter. And she is murdering everybody. She's so Tell me good. her name's Chick Flair. Charlotte. Oh. <laughs> oh, Chick Flair would be great, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, you should be writing this, man. I'm telling you. Chick Flair. Bring back IRS. He should have his kid. Yeah. You know, and do the charitable throw nation. Oh. And I don't know. I love it. I just want to do that, Chick Not to offend any of our female listeners. Yeah. I just think that would be no, funny. Charlotte's, Flair, Charlotte's amazing. She's she's <laughs> so good in the ring, and, she, you know, she just, you don't need a gimmick when you're Ric Flair's daughter. No. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, he was funny. Yeah, he's great. Let's talk comic books for a second. I'm on board. For, for probably more than a second. Okay. Because uh, everyone kind of has their, their comic hero that they like. Everyone has love. their comic hero that they like and they love, and- I have always said to everybody, when they say, who you, who do you like? I will say, you've never heard of them or you're going to make fun of me because I don't like your top tier guys because I think, I think that's my gateway in like the justice league books. Cause I care about your, maybe not even the B level. I, I'll go C and D. If you've never heard of them, I probably really like that guy. Well, those were the most interesting characters. Well, because you never saw them all the time. You got overload of Wonder Woman. Well, not so much Wonder Woman, but Batman and no, Superman but would, for sure. Yeah, but like the big three. But you love- Red Tornado. The Red Tornado. I love the Red Tornado. And Red Tornado is a robot. He's a robot with wind powers. Uh, <laughs> he was made by one of the bad guys to infiltrate the Justice League, but then found out he liked them and then turned on his evil master. He wanted to be a robot with friend he powers. He wanted to be friend powers. He wanted the friends. Oh. And it, the whole, 
his whole uh, home life where he they said you should have a secret identity. So he put on like a rubber person mask and is still bald, but just like a bald, weird dude went into an employment agency to get a job. And the woman, <laughs> the woman, uh, Kathy Sutton, he went in to get the job and interview with Kathy Sutton. And she's like, I can see it in your eyes. You have nothing. Come home. I'll make you dinner. And now he's like sort of married to this woman that has a kid. He's got like a stepdaughter and they have a whole home life. Does she know he's secretly a robot? Yes, she okay. totally knows he's a robot. And she's okay with his wind powers. Apparently. <laughs> apparently totally okay. I just put up a picture the other day because it is still one of my favorite things and it's that uh, in the Tornado's Path uh, update, Justice League, from a few years ago, he's in pieces, classic, because uh, Red Tornado is like the red shirt of the Justice League. Yeah. You go in first, and if you blow up, then we'll go in. Um, he's at shows her talking to Platinum of the Metal Men, explaining, because Platinum always loved her, the guy that made her, um, Will Magnus. Yes. And how do you have a relationship with a robot that works, was she was asking Kathy. And for those people listening at home who don't know the Metal Men, they're all men named after precious metals. And one girl named and, Platinum. And one girl named Platinum. And yes. so she was asking <laughs> Kathy, how do you have a relationship? What do you, like, what's it like? And so she was saying, well, here's, we do a cryptic crossword every night. And the cryptic crosswords are a little harder than the crosswords, regular crosswords, because it's a puzzle within the clue. So she says, oh, the answer here is uh, a gentlemanly goose. And it's this many letters. And then it cuts to the bedroom where Red Tornado's sitting in bed, stroking his chin. And he goes, propaganda. Oh, propaganda. I get it. It's a joke. Very funny. And that's their night is doing these crosswords. And I laugh hysterically at that. He's not just a windy robot. He's a computer. <laughs> He's super smart. But like you got to give Red Tornado a little more credit. I mean, that's a uh, that's a tricky. Uh, I love that stuff. Tricky it's so puzzle. the Red Tornado just he, zero respect. What is he now? Is he because they've relaunched? DC they've relaunched Fifty Two. He's hasn't appeared in the normal Fifty Two, but he's appeared on Earth Two as a robot, but with Lois Lane. It's a female robot with Lois Lane inside of him. With inside of the female robot, Lois Lane is now Red Tornado. Ah, so the predated the robot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the original uh, Red Tornado was a woman named Ma Hunkle who put a steel bucket on her head and put holes in it and then wore like red long johns. <laughs> Everybody thought it was a bulky dude, but it was a girl. So it's like red. that Red Tornado was like the first cross-dressing superhero. So is she from Justice Society maybe? Yes, from- early. And then so in Jeff like Johns- 50s Jeff- or 60s Yeah, and in Jeff Johns' uh, JSA run- she worked there. She worked at the house where they had the JSA. Right. So the robot Red Tornado, did he show up in the 70s or the 80s? Seven, late uh, silver. So someone finally said, why do we have a character named Red Tornado who's not actually a Red Tornado? Who doesn't actually produce Red Tornadoes yes. from his body. So And he can produce Red Tornadoes from his hands. From his, his hands. And, his, and then he flies. The lower half of his body turns into and a whirlwind. And by spinning around really fast. Yeah. I know that because I had the, the action, action figure. figure. And his legs turned fast. That's right. And I got that concept. Right. There you go. But I, but I like those guys that in, like he's an interesting character. He's not in all the time. Firestorm, Blue Devil, Blue Beetle, Booster Gold. Those are the guys I like. So yeah, I'm gravitating that direction. I love those characters. I, I'm the same way with Avengers. My favorite. I always love the West Coast Avengers better you than should, the regular the Avengers. The West Coast Avengers were the best. You, like Hawkeye, who everybody loved. Let's shove him on the West Coast and give him a whole weird team. Yeah, yeah. Tigra. You got Wonder Man, who was he cloned his, yeah. his, his consciousness, and they made a robot out of him Far who married the girl he was Far in love with. Did I, on the way over here, did I not show you a picture of a T-shirt I just bought of the Creeper? 
The yeah. Steve Ditko Creeper, one of the weirdest characters of all time. And he's, Creeper's a bit of an oddball because he's a newscaster by day. And, and then he was like an investigative journalist. Okay. And then he he fell into, he was trying to investigate this mob thing. This whole story is amazing. It's always about the mob. And then they, they found him and it was the 60s when he came out. So they pumped him full of crazy drugs and then left him to die in an alley. But there was a scientist, and he was working on a thing for the government where it was like a wrist transmitter, and you could load up a guy with guns. And then he would push the button on the wrist transmitter, and it would calculate everything that was on this guy and then suck it all into the wrist. So he found this guy and saved his life by putting this wrist thing on him. And they put him in a crazy costume, too. They pumped him full of drugs and put him in this crazy costume for a Halloween party or whatever. And he pushed the thing on his wrist, and it calculated the data of his body and sucked it all into the wrist thing. But it also took all the drugs. And so every time he becomes the creeper, he's nuts. A weird fur tentacle cape. <laughs> like it's the weirdest. And he's all yellow, green, he's and yellow red. Yellow and green. You wonder why he didn't get a show. Hey, we've got this drug-addled guy in yellow tights yeah, and he green showed up on hair Batman animated the series. Creeper, he showed you, up on the animated he's the series. Creeper. Yeah, yeah, I do Jack Ryder. But he, oh, his name's Jack Ryder. Jack he's Ryder. Creeper. He's Creeper. He's the real he's Creeper. the real Creeper. Good. Give him a show. Get him a show. Are you watching these shows now? The Flash and I just Arrow? watched the new Flash. Yeah. I, I actually like if you can get through season one of Arrow, the payoff is season two. I watched an episode and he was pretty much naked running around. Yeah, because like, that's it's, why it's just called Arrow. They yeah. took away the green. Yeah, but the girls watch. It's a real high rated show on the CW in the States because the girls tune in to see this dude who's all ripped. Yeah, well, maybe some dudes want to watch that, too. Yeah, you know. maybe, you know, that's true. And did you watch the, the Flash? Tornado. I have not seen the Flash. I watched the Flash last night. Oh, I watched Good. it. I watched it. It was excellent. Good. It was so over the top. Like they, it was funny because it felt so much faster than Arrow. But then I went, oh, that makes sense. Uh, I get it. it makes but, sense. But it seems fast, like they rushed a bunch of stuff. But, oh, but, I but, get, but at the very end of the episode, yeah, okay. there's this little thing where they see it's a newspaper from 20 or 10 years in the future. Somehow somebody has a newspaper from 10 years in the future. And there's a bunch of little Easter eggs in that little photo of that newspaper and it's like what well don't when you watch the flash didn't you expect it to rush i did but on your first episode <laughs> but you expect i won't that, let it i won't let it slow down you expect it to take its time to introduce some people especially for fans of of that might yeah. not know the show but they really went through it fast they really did because <laughs> it's a flash I absolutely get i'm with you oh, yeah. okay i like that so if Red Tornado gets a show. Buddy, there's already rumblings that the Adam and Firestorm are going to be on that show. So I'm freaking out. It could happen. Yeah, because it's so science-based. If like, they make him- Arrow's very street-level hero. So like Huntress has been on a Black Canary and some of the Assassin's League and stuff like that. But if this is the science show, that's Adam. That's Firestorm. They could all show up there. It's not out of the quest. We got a Guardians of the Galaxy major motion picture. Did you see the China? It came out in China. Guardians of the Galaxy's uh, title in China is called Interplanetary Unusual Attacking Team, which is what the movie is. That's what it is. That sounds like the toy line you'd find at Dollarama that yes. like, knocked off Power G. Rangers Jim. or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, what were those guys you would collect? The core. Oh, yeah, the core. The yeah. core. I'll collect any. Like with If I can't find G.I. Joe's, I'll get the second. I'm like, oh, what are these guys? You know? Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, so funny. Fighting person army fellow. <laughs> Great. He's good. Oh, who's this guy? The gunner. I'm on board. <laughs> he has action. He makes action-based decisions. Yeah. Oh. 
He's <laughs> Rash Decision Jim. <laughs> I'm on board with Rash Decision Jim. Oh, jeez. Well, and there you go. There's hope that Red Tornado could. Oh, there absolutely is I'm hope. sure it will. Once DC gets wise, because exactly like you're saying, everybody knows the main characters, but you want, you get involved when you get introduced. Oh, you kind of want to root for the underdog or just yeah. someone that you want to know more about. Yeah. It's more, it's more interesting. There's more yeah. story there. There's more of a story to tell because how many times can we hear Spider-Man's story? Yeah. How many times can we hear Superman's story? We like, there's, it's so known, but if you can introduce a new character and then, Hey, Maybe his old pal Superman pops by now and then. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Oh, you know Superman? Oh, I just thought you were a whirlwind-inducing robot. You're Superman's pal? How about that? Cool. Like, they're doing, like, the Green Lantern title right now with this, uh, I think it's called Godhead, their new crossover, Mm -hmm. and it's got all the new gods in it. All the Jack Kirby's new gods, who are incredible characters. Ugliest costumes of all time, but incredible characters. Yeah, and he would just say, "Oh, we got they had got the Silver Surfer at Marvel. We've got the Black Racer. Yeah, was he the guy on the skis? He was the guy on the skis. skis. Yeah, uh, my buddy Nigel, who's a super nerd, he he's a he's a, a huge fan of all the black heroes. So he's got his cyborg stuff and his black lightning stuff and his static shocks, and he loves it. And I told him about the Black Racer, and he's like, "I don't know what this is." And as soon as I told him about the Black Racer, he's like, "Are there shirts? Are there figures? I got to get everything Black Racer." And I go. No, there's not. Because who would make that? Well, people would buy that. Well, he would. He'd be the guy. He, <laughs> I, that I, that guy is your target audience. Yeah, I, but I was that kid reading the comics. Like, who's this guy yeah. with the skis oh, in yeah. space? It doesn't make sense. I remember those comics. It was a bunch of Justice League comics, and they crossed over between Justice League, Justice Society, and All-Star Squadron, and they all fought per Degaton. The red-headed guy was like their Hitler analog. Yeah. And they were. it was a smaller cover with a white border and all the heads of all the heroes bordering the outside. And it was Superman, but it was Zatanna, Aquaman, Hawkman, and Fire. Firestorm. And then the uh, All-Star Squadron was like Robot Man, Liberty Bell, Firebrand, Steel, like just a we- and Johnny Quick. And the Society was Green Lantern, like the Alan Scott Green Lantern. And just like, what a weird group. That's that's what you want. You want to be introduced to new characters. You want to care about some people. I just want to care about people. That's, that's why I, I read I just, comics. Buddy, I just want to care about people. <laughs> I'm a people person. <laughs> Let me care. Show me someone so, to care about. Give me some care, but I got to get some care. Oh, man. Are you reading Multiversity? I'm not. It's great. Yeah? Well, because it's all those, you know, it's multiple universe, all the different worlds. So a lot of people to care about. You oh. care about Red Tornado in this universe, you're going to oh. care about him in 19 other ones. There's such a, it's such a cool, weird 1940s universe in the last episode, and there was like Doc Fate and this group of people, and they're all like in the old 40s clothes. Yeah, I love DC. I was on board for new 52 for the first two years yeah and then it yeah stuff but with this stuff that's happening with all these weird like earth two is kind of having a fight with earth one and this five years in the future stuff a lot of appearances by pre-52 versions of the characters are showing up but it looks like it might all sort of have a new crisis to have be on the anniversary of crisis Ah. and then they're going to reset everything and Characters that work in the new 52 might show up again. Oh, man. It's going to be 30 years for Crisis. Is that right? Yes. In 2016? Yes. Is that right? Yeah. My, one of my most prized possessions is that absolute version of Crisis with the slipcover and the extra book that tells how they coordinated that without email at the time. And I have both books signed by Wolfman and Perez. That's amazing. And that's... A, well, when we Everyone were, remembers Crisis. I was a kid. Yeah. I was a kid on the farm and I got issue five and then went bananas trying to find all the old issues because I'm a kid like in grade three or four trying to get my dad to drive me to Kitchener or Stratford so I could find these comics. Yeah. 
Now, as a kid, because this is going to air at Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. Did you ever have any superhero costumes for Halloween? I sort of, I sort of made my own. Yeah. I remember in grade, uh, grade six, I was adamant that I wanted to go as Bam Bam Bigelow for Halloween. And so I got a black hockey Jersey and I, and I bought, I got my mom to help me out. I bought a black and uh, yellow or a red and yellow felt and I made flames and I, and I glued them to the, to the Jersey. And then I put a pantyhose on my head and I drew the flames so that I could have like the bald head tattoo. And I was so, happy with what I had done and I got to school and nobody knew who the hell I was and I was so upset <laughs> I was so upset and so a couple years ago something clicked in my head and I said I'm fixing this and I made a full Bam Bam Bigelow costume I bought all the I bought a black track pants and a black shirt and I sewed all the flames on it. And then I went to my friends who are professional makeup artists and they did a bald cap on me and put the tattoo on my head. And I went to comedy bar for the Halloween party. Everybody knew who I was. I won the contest. I took a picture and sent it to WWE. They put it up on their website. I vindicated myself. Amazing. I rectified that grade six tragedy. <laughs> and then last year I had to panic. I got an awesome blue beetle costume last year. Yeah. And I loved that. But now this year I have no idea what I'm. Yeah. Well, that's funny. And I, I was dressed up as characters that I want to dress yeah. up as. And then I, I went as Savage Dragon one. No one knew who Savage Dragon was, but I brought Your the action figure Savage with me. Dragon outfit was the best. <laughs> I remember seeing that and going, this is all you Savage Dragon. Oh like, man, I had green. I did, The green was on me oh, like great. a week after. Oh, it was yeah. so great. My roommates were ticked off. They're like, there's green all over the yeah, room. That's all the, the price you pay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I loved it. So what's up next for you? You've uh, Cannibal the Musical in February. Cannibal the Musical in February and uh, Big City Improv Festival Toronto, which and that's I think a comedy bar. That's and a Bad comedy Dog? bar and Bad Dog. Lots of good stuff there. Uh, I'm doing like <laughs> I'm doing a improv show. I'm hosting like an improv show at a local wrestling event with wrestlers on each team of improvised, and they're actually going to fight each other later in the card. So we might actually make it worth the stipulation. Like that sounds wins, amazing. Something to use a bat. I don't know. Um, <laughs> And you pop up on my TV screen all the time, Michels. I'll see you. Oh yeah, you occasionally know, every yeah. now and then. See yeah. you in some stuff. Yeah, here yeah, there. just yeah. Whatever, whatever's you know happening. I do a lot of voice. Uh, I, I got to do a season of Beyblade, and uh, nice. I'm a voice on Rocket Monkeys, the cartoon. If you if you watch the, with your nephews, uh, Rocket Monkeys is for little kids, but I'm their mom. And, uh, Are you channeling my uncle? Oh, I'm actually channeling Julia Child. I'm doing like hello, my boys. Like I do that <laughs> kind of thing. It's really dumb, and I have a great time. Uh, yeah. And I'm just doing like whatever I can to, you know, keep you're up always there. busy. You're always popping up and you're in the group N2N, right? Yeah. We're, me and Nigel are yeah. N2N and we're, and the picture up on our Facebook page are him in a cyborg shirt and me in a red tornado shirt. So, but yeah, we're doing a show at the, we're doing that. We're doing other shows too. So we're just improvs like working out. You, if yeah. you stop, you lose it. I try to get out there and improvise at least once a week, if not two or three times. Yeah. So. Man, it's great seeing you. Oh, man. And uh, yeah, you have to come back. You know, come hang out any week you want. Play with some toys and Ooh. read some Red Tornado comic. Cool, pal. All right, man. Bye. There's times when I think maybe what I think about what other people think about. And I think what they think about is wrong. Then I think about thinking they are wrong. Maybe guilty then again. And the memory in mind to be proven by the fun. Super fine. The mind fit and fine would define the kind that would judge so blind. To be guilty in the same and to place the blame would reverse the game. And then I'd be the one to be the problem. And they are wrong would make me wrong And I'm coming to the party headset so strong And if we're guilty of the bad and bad people 
we're bad people telling bad people that they're bad Walk away with your headphones too loud Walk away with the cigarettes and everything Every last word, take a look at memory And everything, everything, everything's lost Everyone's walking around with their mean face on Put your mean mask on, turn your mean face on Can you tell me what's wrong with your lifelong songs? Cause I'm seeing and believing not a damn thing wrong Walk away with your headphones too loud Walk away with the cigarettes and everything Every last word, take a look at memory And everything, everything, everything's lost Everyone's walking around with their mean face on Put your mean mask on, turn your mean face on Can you tell me what's wrong with your lifelong song? Cause I'm seeing and believing not a damn thing wrong There's times when I think maybe That we wanna make a killing and we're killing ourselves And we wanna make it like a lightning strike Got an easy thing to dislike to invite the enemy scapegoat Right to the front row, way to go, way to be the men in every single little weak moment Deep in the heart, the vengeance deep in the heart such an easy target, market, and we market to the highest taker with a real faker. Better on paper, meant to aper anything in between. So mean, and if we're guilty of the bad and bad people, we're bad people telling bad people that they're bad. Walk away with your headphones too loud. Walk away with the cigarettes and everything. Every last word, take a look at memory, and everything, everything, everything's lost. Everyone's walking around with their mean face on. Put your mean mask on, turn your mean face on. Can you tell me what's wrong with your lifelong song? Cause I'm seeing and believing not a damn thing wrong. Walk away with your headphones too loud. Walk away with the cigarettes and everything. Every last word, take a look at memory, and everything, everything, everything's lost. Everyone's walking around with their mean face on. Put your mean mask on, turn your mean face on. Can you tell me what's wrong with your lifelong song? Cause I'm seeing and believing not a damn thing wrong. I'm just alarmed by thunder thoughts. They get their wires all cotton bots. They give to none, then ask for lots. They give to none, then they want more. I'm just alarmed by thunder thoughts. They get their wires all cotton bots. They give to none, then ask for lots. They give to none, then they want more. I'm just alarmed by thunder thoughts. They get their wires all cotton bots, and they think they want more. This has been a presentation of the Modern Superior Media Network.